Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Today on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast, I'm speaking with co-founder and co-CEO of Seed, Ara Katz. Ara is on a mission to revolutionize the probiotics industry and overhaul the public conversation around microbiome health. Along with her team at Seed, Ara is pioneering the inquiry, application, and communication of microbiome science to improve human and planetary health. Ara's breastfeeding experience led her to this industry and inspired a personal mission to explore the importance of microbes and how they can impact the health of our bodies, our children, and our planet. Ara has been a fellow at the MIT Media Lab Center for Future Storytelling, was named in Marie Claire's The New Guard, the 50 Most Influential Women in America, and was recently included in Create and Cultivate's 100 list for STEM. Ara also advises various startups across the health, tech, and consumer verticals. She lives in Venice, California with her husband and two-year-old son, Pax, without whom seed wouldn't exist. And Ara believes that in the coming years, bacteria will impact almost every aspect of our lives. Today on the podcast, we're discussing in what ways bacteria already can improve our daily lives in our bodies and on our planet. So thank you so much for being here today, Ara. You're welcome. Um, so I wanted to talk yeah, about how you got into studying microbiome health and starting seed and was there like an aha moment? Did someone approach you? How did that happen? It's, yeah, it's a great question and I always try and answer it in a way that doesn't bore myself because <laughs> <laughs> obviously it comes up all the time. I mean, you know, the, the, the way that I found my way, you know, to kind of founding seed health and then ultimately, um, and even before that, meeting my co-founder, mm-hmm. I think, well, I think like most companies, like your journey started. When Long before when you're born, <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. it's just, it's, when you knew about it, it's, yeah. it's a different story. Yeah. Um, but really, I've always I've always loved health. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved biology. I've I've always loved science. I've always loved technology. Um, I have felt, and, and it's interesting because my mom passed away when I was 17. Mm-hmm. It was kind of my first experience of like real pathology. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I suffered from, like, really severe lactose intolerance when I was in high school that was undiagnosed. Mm. It's not like lactose intolerance is that big of a deal, but when no one knows what it is, they just keep giving you things, and, and you know, right. it's interesting. And so so I, I sometimes, like, forget that that was, like, a part of my story. I don't always talk about it, but it was actually, like, I really suffered for years of high school, um, like, not knowing what something was, which, of course, it's funny. You see how far things come today. It would have been yeah. diagnosed so quickly. Right. Um, and so I think like my, my journey and I was an athlete and so, you know, I think you're just very aware of your body if you're an athlete too, Mm -hmm. from like a really early age. Yeah. And of course the importance of health. Um, and then very long, very long story short, um, I think I've always known that I'd end up in it around health and the body somehow. 
I think as I watched the rise of wellness, and a lot of people did leave kind of more consumer tech and consumer health, or and more like tech and, and consumer brands mm-hmm. for like this quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, health and <laughs> wellness world, I think I started to feel that there was a real deviation from like real science. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, and, and, and more just actually more philosophically felt that in the $4.2 trillion that we're spending worldwide on wellness, mm-hmm. we've actually never been sicker. Um, and so I think that so it's not working mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, I think it's great that it makes people more conscious, but I don't think that um, I think that we still need to have a lot of work to do around like uh, what actually works and, and the, like a lot of the sensationalization and kind of like hyperbole mm-hmm. uh, that um, that I think the category experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a long way to say that I'd never really found. I didn't know what my lens would be. I didn't know um, the area that I could, that I felt I could make a big impact. I felt you could immediately change people's lives. I thought that you could actually um, shift perspective and really get people. I think, you know, a lot of things with health really comes down to two things. It comes down to delivery and compliance. You know, it's not that there's a lot, there are a lot of solutions out there for various um, conditions um, Mm -hmm. but so much of human health has to do with how if someone will do something every day and how you get it to them right um and um and so i think i knew i wanted to like what 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 were the areas where you could really shift behavior and perspective and like totally change the way someone thinks about their bodies and hopefully lead to better compliance um and lead to some really big changes. And I think I also, as an environmentalist, as someone who cares a lot about this beautiful planet, mm-hmm. I also have always wondered why like people look to human health and planetary health differently. Right. They're all, it's all biology. Um, and so you put all that all into a blender, you put a very long circuitous journey of lots <laughs> of choices I wouldn't make again today. Yeah. And a lot of learnings <laughs> and a lot of um, experience. And I really thought about where I can make the biggest difference. And I think it was when I was pregnant and it was after I met my co-founder and we could get, get into all that. Um, I really realized that like the microbial world, this like invisible world that inhabits yeah. us um, and has tremendous implications for our health, our journey of health over life that starts mm-hmm. at birth and before birth. Um, and also our connectivity to this planet. It just mm-hmm. felt like it kind of checked all those boxes. Plus, of course, as somebody who's a tech entrepreneur, long, long-time entrepreneur, and also been in tech and the more forward-looking fields, microbiome is like just at the beginning. Like it's like just about to have. It's like you know, it's I mean, it's a tsunami of research yeah. um, that is kind of starting and um, and really changing. That has actionability today, but has major implications for like the future of health and how we're going to treat everything from like infectious disease to, um, you know, to, to cancer to of all all kinds of autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Um, not to mention how it's going to totally shift like preventive health. So for me, it was like it was like almost that black box. Um, that felt like I could spend the next like years and years of my life just kind of it would never it would just keep revealing itself and, yeah. um, and really fundamentally shift the way we think about everything. That's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely I can I can see from what you've said and everything mm-hmm. that it is definitely an area of, that's growing and yes. there's so many applications mm-hmm. 
for it and um, probiotics and I think you guys call that symbiotics, right? Or what do you? Yeah, guys well, a probiotic is simply bacteria, right? Beneficial bacteria um, that's been demonstrated it has a very specific scientific definition mm -hmm. um, that's been you know clinically studied to have a specific effect in the in the human body in, mm -hmm. a, in, a, in, a, in an adequate dosage. Um, a symbiotic is a combination of probiotics and prebiotics, right. and prebiotics are not bacteria, right? And um, that's what you guys have. That is our first product. We right. have other products that are just probiotic. Oh, okay. Um, that okay. are not yet out. Okay. Um, but uh, but our first product is a symbiotic. Right, and I actually did start taking it. I'm oh, on the second one. Oh, I'm cool. enjoying it. Um, it's definitely compared to other probiotics that mm -hmm. I've just ordered online before, you know, in the yes. past or bought in the health food store where it's kind of up to me if I want to do any other additional mm -hmm. research or anything. You guys actually reach out with emails every so often letting me know what's going on and it's it's cool to have that educational component mm -hmm. surrounding it and you know as we as you t mentioned at the um her platform event where i saw you speak mm -hmm. that not all pro probiotics are created equal or symbiotics yes. um so what, what kind of yeah well, that's for sure yeah. <laughs> um but what kind of requirements do you guys follow to make sure that they're effective and that people mm -hmm. can trust your product. Sure. So, I mean, I think the very first thing is, of course, and, and the education, you know, education, just to kind of touch on what you said mm -hmm. before I answer the question directly, you know, education is a huge part of our platform. Mm -hmm. We launched a university on Instagram, um, actually, for a lot of our partners and affiliates, particularly to battle a lot of the misinformation and kind of hyperbole that exists around like these, you know, probiotics and then, of course, wellness, wellness in general. Mm -hmm. um, and so to, to that end, um, you know, education in itself is an intervention. Um, and so I just didn't want to get to that point to get lost yeah. just because I think so much of like, you know, it's the teach a human to fish. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the brands out there will just tell you what fish to eat, yeah. <laughs> but they won't tell you how to fish. And I think so much of like being empowered with some of the foundational biology, foundational understanding, like really does change whether or not someone continues taking something. Yeah. It makes um, them realize why it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also I think people feel empowered mm -hmm. when they understand why instead mm -hmm. of just being told with what to do yeah because then you're just as good as the next Instagram ad yeah um, yeah they actually feel like they're part exactly. of the decision but in terms of in terms of what to look for so as I, as I mentioned to and alluded to probiotics have a very specific definition right. that is adhered to in the scientific community it was actually authored by our chief scientist for the WHO, WHO and UN in 2001 and it basically says that it's a live organism microorganism that when administered an adequate dosage um, has an effect, a clinically studied effect in the human body. Mm -hmm. That is very important because um, it means that you need to have strain specificity, so you need to know exactly what strain of bacteria, like which microorganism is actually being administered. Mm -hmm. So a lot of loopholes on a, on a number of companies, a number of companies kind of employees that they just say which um, which species and they don't say the strain. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like owning a dog and not knowing if you have a French bulldog or a lab, right? Because um, they're both, it's you know what I mean. So so it's they're both it's dogs. It's, but it's, yes, not, yeah. but it's incredibly important. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, <laughs> similar strains of the same species have been demonstrated to have the opposite effects. Oh, wow. So, like, there's some strains um, of a specific species that actually exacerbated, like, IBD symptoms versus um, ameliorated it. So, like, that's really important, right? Yeah. Also, I think people should know what bacteria they're putting in their body. Yeah. So, the strain itself, the specificity of the strain is incredibly important. If you go back to the definition, it also says an adequate amount, which means that you're taking the clinically verified dosage mm -hmm. um, that was used in the clinical trials, mm -hmm. in the clinical studies. So it's another kind of loophole that a lot of companies have is that they don't say the exact 
amount or they don't preserve for the exact amount um, in the studies, mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the end product that we're using in the studies. And so that's really important for a number of reasons, but it's kind of like saying that if three apples a day cured some crazy disease and then you only had a slice of one and, and someone sold you a slice of one and tried to tell you it was the same thing, it obviously right. is not the same thing. Right. So the dosage is important. Um, and the other, and the other, the other things that are important, even not just the dosage, which is not necessarily reflected in the scientific um, definition, but is something that we adhere to and enforce is that we um, maintain the same biofermentation um, and uh, conditions. So like the pH, um, the growth medium, uh, mm -hmm. in most cases, actually, like even the originating like academic institution or um, facility that actually did the clinical work is mm -hmm. actually where we often then just get the strains from or work in collaboratively to get the strains um, oh, scaled okay. up with. And so that's really important because it's like saying that we're not just preserving the dosage, but we're preserving the conditions under which the bacteria was um, grown mm -hmm. um, and fermented. So that's another really important one, um, which is really goes again a, a, above and beyond what's required, but is like, at least from a scientific perspective, when in science they talk a lot about reproducibility. So being able to reproduce like the conditions of something to be able to um, claim the same outcome. So that's just another area right. where we're trying to control for that. Um, and then of course, which strains, right? So um, I think probiotics get talked about very generically, like I like kind of like I take vitamins. Right. Um, I think a lot of people first don't even know their bacteria. And then when they do know the bacteria, it's kind of seen as almost like, you know, saying I take probiotics, like saying like I like books. Mm -hmm. It's like there's thousands of strains of bacteria. And in fact, there's many, many more that are discovered all the time. And then on top of that, um, and this is something that's changing in the coming years, is like the taxonomy, even what they're called is all going to change soon because now there's so many to be able to classify. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the the importance of understanding not just which strains so like i think most people today just think about probiotics just think about digestion and then a little bit for other things like a little bit of immune health maybe a little bit for skin mm -hmm. um but really like looking at exactly the endpoint that was studied in the clinical study so like in our symbiotic as an example like we work with 24 different strains but they've all been they've been studied for different outcomes so making sure that even when they do say the strain that it does it does the thing that it says on the label right um and so that's another important one and of course on the clinical trial side making sure that, that you know we we work with strains that have the, the clinical studies are published and are really kind of gold standard science trials with double blind randomized control studies that, that are published in, in, in like good journals that mm -hmm. not, not kind of a, some of the other loopholes where people like do a quote unquote study um, right. and then just say it was studied but don't actually share the study um, or it's never been published and, and you know because when something's published it means it underwent peer review um, which means there's some objectivity that is able right. to kind of um, moderate the sensationalism that I think when you do it by yourself, which I'm not, I think more companies should, um, but when it goes is subject to peer review, I think that's a really nice way of seeing that, that the company is adhering to some of the rigor of science. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many products out there mm -hmm. now for health and wellness and yes. you are told, yeah, like take these 25 different things, mm -hmm. you know, that claim different benefits so having that additional kind of evidence to prove that what you're taking is going to have the effect that it says and it and it is backed by science i think it's a really good peace of mind to yes. know that um so i would just be i would just caution you and to caution to say more and more companies use that term loosely 
Right. Yeah, exactly. So kind of doing your due diligence to know mm-hmm. if that's actually yep. true. Yep. Yeah, a lot of like, I guess it's like greenwashing, but there must be like a wellness washing going on. Oh, okay. a lot oh, of labels very, there's too. a science, yeah, science washing. Yeah, for, uh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Just those kind of buzzwords that yes. get people to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then how are you bringing gut health kind of into the conversation? You mentioned that there were 25 um, different strains mm-hmm. with different reasons. So, 24, yes. 24, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are the benefits that you're hoping to bring to people and how are you kind sure. of bringing that into conversation? Yeah, and I mean, look, there's this, there's the brand and there's and everything that kind of we stand for and certainly this this idea of, of what it will take to kind of disrupt this very large kind of 60 billion plus dollar growing industry mm-hmm. um, with, with a, an approach that really takes that um, kind of rigor of like the life sciences and applies it to consumer health in a lot of areas, not just gut health, mm-hmm. um, where microbiome is going to be increasingly important. And that's looking at everything from like skin microbiome, which is mm-hmm. on our roadmap, oral microbiome. So how you think about taking care of your skin today, how you think about taking care of your mouth, um, you know, in the future areas like women's health and mm-hmm. um, and even looking at like really specific areas of probiotics that like where like um, for something like allergies or asthmatic airway allergy irritation. So mm-hmm. thinking about probiotics also like totally in new ways where microbes and strains are being studied to have totally different effects like than anything you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still it's still an over the counter probiotic. Yeah. But it has a very different today. Like just because the bulk of the research was started on GI and digestive yeah. health, that's you, why that's everyone thinks think that way. It. Yes. And because I think people perpetuate ideas like um, that every kombucha is a probiotic or kimchi is a probiotic, and so. I think because that that those all kind of in, evoke the idea of digestion mm-hmm. and GI health, and so that's where most people like think right. about probiotics. But if, certainly, when it comes to like modulating the skin microbiome um, or our mouths, um, that's it's going to be a totally Very different way of like thinking yeah. about you know toothpaste and mouthwash and yeah. flossing and you know all <laughs> the things that like your mouth are really important in regulating, um, not just for your health of your teeth but for systemic health right back to your other question about the dailies i only offer that distinction because like the daily symbiotic is not seed like it's one of our products but it's not the only way that we think right. about like making a conversation about gut health and we also focus on things outside of gut health just yeah. just gi health yeah um so the symbiotic is interesting because it has it does have 24 strains as i mentioned it's also pre but has prebiotics in it um and i think there is um i'll start with the prebiotics just because there's a common misperception that prebiotics like if it's a symbiotic therefore like somehow those the prebiotic and the probiotic like combine in the capsule to like then have the effect mm-hmm. by the way from a marketing perspective i genuinely wish that's how it happened but <laughs> from a scientific perspective the prebiotic is actually kind of non-discriminating so it may have a beneficial effect in helping the um uh, the good bacteria that we are that's in, that's in our capsule proliferate, mm-hmm. but it really also when it when it enters the colon or the host the gut microbiome, it does have an effect. It's it's non-discriminating, so of course that, that it will also um, have an impact in the beneficial bacteria that already reside there. Oh, okay. Um, and there's two kinds of prebiotics. We work with the second kind, but the first kind is I think people kind of typically understand prebiotics to almost be like food for your bugs. Mm. So like almost like fertilizer for for your okay. microbiome garden, um, which is an accurate way. So they're uh, of thinking about it for specific um, prebiotic compounds. And then there's a second class of prebiotic compounds that is almost like think about them almost as um, compounds that your bacteria break down mm-hmm. to make really important things for, for your health, um, what are called tr- uh, metabolites. 
probably the most important of which are what are called short-chain fatty acids. Um, and those have all kinds of implications, particularly for like immune health, as an example. Um, so you'll start to hear in like the next few years, you'll start to hear kind of how gluten became a buzzword. You'll start to hear things about short-chain fatty acids, things you'll start to hear the word butyrate thrown around a lot. Okay. Um, propionate acetate and so these are all basically like microbes take these prebiotics and they basically like break them down and then what they break them down into are beneficial compounds for your health and so those are the, those are the ones that we work with got it um, which is which is an important distinction mm -hmm. um, it's not just kind of a lot of a lot of the existing products on the market currently work with the first class which not not that there's anything wrong with it but it's just a different different class and different mechanism by which bacteria use those prebiotics on, on the probiotic side, so the strains that you asked about, some of the main benefits are, um, of course, GI health and digestive health, which we do know is, uh, as you know, I mean, look, there's 68 million Americans who have disrupted, some sort of disrupted digestion mm -hmm. and borderline constipation. Mm -hmm. um, and GI health is such a part of quality of life. And um, yeah. uh, I yeah, think it's something that's so. not talked about enough, actually, but it's incredible. It's such a, uh, but just digestion itself, like mm -hmm. literally just the, 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 the process of eating and yeah. eliminating yeah. is something that, you know, from we're, we're two whole organisms. So we just basically have one hole in our mouth and a hole in our anus. And yeah. there's just one track that goes between them. So if you think about that, um, that track never touches your insides. So it's, we're, we're almost like a, a tube, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's just literally one one hole, two holes, yeah. one track. Yeah. Now it takes a lot of windy roads, right. but it's two, two hole track. Um, and from that one point to another, a lot of people disrupt, experience a lot of disruptions. Yeah. So um, on the, from a GI, GI, GI and digestive health perspective, we focus on strains that have been studied to do everything from um, increased motility, mm -hmm. um, so like the neurotransmitters that tr trigger motility in your gut, like move waste along. Mm -hmm. um, that's really a really important one, um, obviously, which increase and increase and um, promote regularity. So mm -hmm. uh, the probiotic, our, pro our strains are really interesting. It has more of a homeostatic effect. So it doesn't just make you go, but if you go too much, it will make you more regular. And if you go too little, it will make you more regular. So think about microbes as almost creating right. almost like a, a resilience or a homeostasis stasis like in your little rainforest nice, yeah. um, so that's like a nice, nice way to think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then reduction of things things that you know a lot of people complain about but microbes the, our strains have been shown to reduce things like bloating mm -hmm. um also which is as you know it's just kind of another area where people experience like a lot of discomfort especially around like right after they eat for example yeah that's been the biggest yeah. just since starting to yes. probiotics in general that's been mm -hmm. the biggest benefit for me yeah absolutely um, and then on the immune health side, so you, you, I'm sure a lot of people in your audience have probably heard of like leaky gut, mm -hmm. um, but this notion of like intestinal permeability. So mm -hmm. you have this, like as I mentioned, this like two-hold tube that goes mm -hmm. from your mouth to your anus, and then that wall, that, that epithelial layer is one cell thick. So if you think about half a human hair um, is what wow. stands between like your entire GI tract and the rest of your body. The permeability, the, the integrity of that area is incredibly important. Yeah. So what microbes can do is they trigger like um, tight junction cells to stay really like um, integrous in their mm -hmm. structure. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's like another one reason why uh, at least the strains that we work with. Um, one of the things that they do is they make that gut barrier really integrous, which, you know, doesn't have to just do with like autoimmune disease or people who have leaky gut. I mean, even like really high intensity exercise um, can cause permeability. Wow. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and and other things like um, just drinking alcohol, refined sugar, processed food. There's other there's lots of things that are just like daily lifestyle cho choices mm -hmm. that can create these moments of permeability. So.
Wow. Instances of permeability. So, um, so like the GI and immune, of course, is the the big ones. Mm -hmm. um, um, from a dermatological health perspective, you know, in the gut skin axis, I mean, there's a number of things in skin that you absolutely cannot modulate um, uh, by ingesting something. There are a few areas, um, particularly with the mechanisms that cause. Um, uh, th like flare-ups for people who have like eczema or atopic dermatitis or psoriasis um, on the gut skin axis you can kind of use microbes to dampen that inflammatory response so like in somebody who has and again we don't make disease claims but I can just say anecdotally and in the populations that the strains were studied in um, people with like eczema or atopic dermatitis experience way less flare-ups and we anecdotally get a lot of feedback from people who haven't worn a t-shirt for example for 20 years that wow. all of a sudden like don't haven't had one breakout since starting that's amazing um, so you know the 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 and and then I would say for people who don't, and you have to remember this is where like you have to be very careful because people will attribute anything to your products and we actually kind of go the whole opposite way, which is making sure people that we're like, hey, the science that's great that that happened for you, it's correlative. Um, the science doesn't say that. But another area around people who don't even have eczema or atopic dermatitis sometimes will report just saying that they feel that their skin in general um, looks better, mm -hmm. feels better. Um, but again, that's not something that we. That, that is our claim. Right. Um, and then there's some other really interesting ones for like, um, we work with the first, the strains, the first probiotic to have strains that in, um, in promote the production of folate endogenously. So as a woman, especially, even though everybody actually technically needs folate, but a lot of women, particularly if you're um, in pre-reproductive or kind of prenatal or yeah. um, think, even thinking about having children, a lot of women get start getting messaged about folate supplementation. What's interesting is your body also creates folate, and so these strains actually promote the endogenous production of folate, oh, cool. um, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like actually um, microbes create a lot of these like really important yeah. metabolites and compounds. Um, and then another one that's interesting is the cardiovascular health. So we work with um, series of uh, strains that. Um, that actually work on what they call the gut liver access that actually prevents the reuptake of cholesterol into the bloodstream. So for people who have like high cholesterol, as an example, um, there, there, there are strains that um, can, can help modulate that, which oh. is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. God. So anyway, those are just I didn't, yeah. There's some others, but that, that's the, those are the, some of the big ones. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely cool to hear how far beyond it goes mm -hmm. the gut like from yeah just... I mean well it's I mean it's it's kind of like one of the reasons one of the things that like I always hope people take home is that the microbiome is your resident community of microbes that live in and on you it's like mm -hmm. 38 trillion microbes like three to five pounds of your body about 50 50 with your human cells so think about your body as like 50 50 percent human 50 percent right non-human <laughs> you know so it's kind of crazy and it is involved in so many things in health probiotics are not, they don't just interact with your microbiome. So think about the microbiome as the collection of bacteria or microbes that live in and on you. A probiotic is a microbe that you take to have a very specific effect in the human body, mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not you and I have a different microbiome, as an example. Right. So like if the reason that you study, like the reason it's so important to do clinical work in a heterogeneous population because the next thing people always ask is well why shouldn't they be personalized if my microbiome is so different mm -hmm. but the reason that like in science that you look and study things in heterogeneous populations is like if you can see the same endpoint happening over and over again in different humans mm -hmm. um with um 
uh, with different microbiomes, then you've gotten something that's kind of reproducible across a population. Right. Um, and that's where you have to say, like, it's not just about microbes interacting with other microbes, because a lot of people think you take probiotics for your microbiome. Mm -hmm. And certainly that is a part of it, but there's mm -hmm. also, like, it also interacts with other human cells, and it's um, it's something that's, and again, as I said, with other things in our, in our roadmap, um, it won't necessarily be about your individual microbiome, it will be about um, looking at ways that microbes can make an impact, for example, in, in your oral microbiome, mm -hmm. regardless of what's already in there. Right. Um, and so okay. it's just a, you know, if you think about the future, we'll think about probiotics for our mouths that might prevent dental caries, as an example. Right, right. That won't have to do with your specific one. That would be that there's certain microbes that inhibit uh, specific biofilms to, fill, to form so they can't create cavities. Um, that wow. won't have to do with, but I mean, the personalization story is really meant again, wonderful marketing ideas, yeah. <laughs> um, just not exactly how they work today. Right. I just want to quickly interrupt our conversation to let you guys know that seed has been generous enough to offer you guys listening 20% off the first month of your daily symbiotic at seed.com using the code, not a mama yet. I've been using the symbiotics every day for the past three months and I've definitely noticed a difference in my hair, my skin, my nails, my gut. I've just really seen definite improvements in my daily life and I am so excited to offer you guys this and so grateful to Seed to offering you guys this. Um, they come in a really like chic green glass jar that you can keep on your counter with a travel size jar as well for when you're on the go and the refills come in the most minimum amount of packaging which is amazing and the packaging itself comes like it's made out of mushrooms it's really cool i just think it's great it's a great company they've really thought of everything so give it a shot go to seed.com use the code not a mommy yet for 20 percent off the first month of your daily symbiotic okay now back to our conversation so since you've started Seed, mm -hmm. I always wonder, you know, with all entrepreneurs mm -hmm. in general, how they get their community involved or how they talk about mm -hmm. what's important to them. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you don't want to end up sounding preachy. You want to make sure that you're like appealing to people in the right way and you're not judgmental. Mm -hmm. So yes. how do you kind of, how has your life changed since starting just in your personal life, but mm -hmm. also in your community? Like how has but You mean how changed? I personally share it, not how like we do it on Yeah, on personally. Seed. Yeah, personally. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's, it's really funny. If anyone goes on my Instagram, you'll see that I haven't posted lately, <laughs> mostly, um, because I am trying to think about the way that I, where, where I can make an impact mm -hmm. and use my voice. Um, I think people do, of course, like my text messages are always full with like health questions and stuff. And we do have a scientific care team that, and, and a number of scientists that I collaborate with sometimes on answering some of these questions. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, for, first of all, you have to speak in a way that people can hear you. Mm -hmm. um, and I am kind of currently thinking about like, what does that mean for me? Because I am not a traditional scientist, mm -hmm. but I run a life science company right. with some of the top scientists in the world. Mm -hmm. And so where does that put me, right? And so you're asking me the, the question at the right moment because I've started really thinking about like, okay, how, what could I do with all these DMs that I get? Right. Um, what could I do with all these questions and what could I do that would really serve and I think in some ways I think a lot of my superpower is asking questions and then synthesizing and um, translating um, and because I have access to such unique experts in, the, in these various parts of the field 
I think there's probably like something like some gold in there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just actually working now on kind of what a more formal strategy for that would look like. But to answer your question in more like a one to one way, even how I am with my friends. And I, I think it's nice I and mean, people certainly um, I mean, the nice thing is that many people in my community take our product and have had like extraordinary results and so i think that makes it very makes it very easy because a lot of my friends have just turned into evangelists themselves yeah um and people in our in my ecosystem um you know in a lot of ways it's funny because we've been so quiet about what we've been building at seed i think a lot of people only see our consumer health brand and then they don't know the rest Mm -hmm. um and so i think one of the things i'd like to do a better job is figuring out how we can tell some of those um as we make them public um what are the ways that we can talk about that for example our women's health division that we announced this last summer um, we have a drug for urinary tract infection going into the clinic um, and that's one where like while a drug might be two three four years away um, we can certainly start with education yeah. um, and uh, community building and starting to think about like well what does it mean to really be thinking about how to use microbes to solve really big problems that affect like 50 percent of the women in the entire world regardless of developed country and undeveloped you know and so like there's some some i think there's just some opportunity there that yeah. we're just kind of starting to think about um but for me yeah i mean i just basically i think basically i just become the person that anytime anyone has any question about anything related to what we do i get put on a text with somebody right um and so and and, it, and it's interesting because you realize like once you're way past the ten thousand hour mark you know you can actually answer quite a lot yeah. of the stuff yourself as long as you give the right caveats that you're not a physician or a scientist yeah um and 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 i and ideally give people like a direction or a place to read more or someone to speak to um but it is funny like i i i think people start i think in a lot of ways the thesis for the seed brand was what is going to be the antidote to all of this cleansing and detoxing and mm-hmm. the i think you know i think overwhelmingly um people are starting to get really curious about science again and i think it just you just need to give it to them in a really like palatable way mm-hmm. um that makes it also feel kind of actionable yeah um, and not like years and years away right um but at the same time i think again back to that like teaching humans to fish um i think a lot of times we like go way over on the um, on the answer just so that people kind of can get the, the basic understanding and it's, yeah. it's kind of it's fun to see how people I mean even like a lot of my friends are just like celebrities who have you know are about to like are in a meeting <laughs> and they're like hey my friend wants to know this or you know a, a wellness influencer who uh, just went to the farmer's market and wore one of our sweatshirts and got like 30 questions that he wants to know what to do with so oh, that's it's cool. like such a fun yeah. you know and, and, and then there's some really really serious stuff where people have a relative or someone who's like really really ill mm-hmm. um and you know wherever we can kind of I can use my resources to be helpful I try and be that's awesome yeah Yeah, I I would love to talk more about what you guys are doing with seed labs oh yeah oh sure so um yeah I don't think any people I think it's starting to kind of come out using bacteria to help the plastic Mm -hmm. crisis oh yeah and so Mm -hmm. what are you guys doing at seed labs for bees for yes plastic like anything that you can share sure I mean the thesis of seed labs was really I mean as I said at the very beginning like the idea that we look at like human and like our planetary health as separate is like Mm -hmm. a very like narcissistic way as a species to think about this environment like the climate change of our insides is happening the same way it's happening if you look at like the extinction of species um in the world Mm -hmm. uh in the natural environment um the same extinction of species is happening inside our guts so um when we see that and we see that generationally Mm -hmm. um like uh and, and you even see it also just based on specific lifestyle factors like in the western 
um, in, in Western world, within two generations of a mother's not eating enough um, fiber in their diets, which is pretty like one of the biggest problems with the Western diet, you'll see specific species just completely be extinct and unable to be reintroduced into a lineage of humans, which is fascinating. Wow. So if we think that these choices we're making and the carpet bombing of ourselves with antibiotics uh, yeah. for things that are not necessary, like the flu, yeah. um, you know, it's um, if we think that those aren't the same things that we're doing when we're like torching the Amazon, is like it's the, it's the same thing. Yeah, it just is. all species and just all, all looks organisms. different. It's the yes, same thing. it looks different because you can see it outside yourself. Right. Um, and so, and so. Seed Labs was really about like, well, if we're going to use microbes to think about like how we can improve human health, what are the areas where microbes could solve some of the biggest problems um, from an environmental perspective? And so our first area of research was um, honeybees. So looking literally at a probiotic for honeybees, mm -hmm. um, where they take probiotics um, and it increases their immune resistance to neonicotinoid pesticides and also really increases their ability um, uh, their their out bet betters their outcomes from place things like American full throat disease and colony collapse disorder, mm. um, and so that was kind of we just published in Nature like um, about a month or so ago, um, and that was one of our biggest first biggest projects, and it's kind of continuing. Cool. Um, and it's a big it's a big project, yeah. and it's um, and so the research is continuing, the research is expanding, um, and then uh, and we have a fellow who who kind of works on that out of Canada. His name is Brendan Daisley. He was our first seed fellow for Seed Labs. Oh, cool. And then a couple other projects that we're working on, um, you know, as you alluded to, we haven't yet announced it and we're still kind of working on uh, how we're going to, when we're going to announce it just because we're, we're just finalizing some pieces for the, for the research, but it will probably be looking at microbes and plastic degradation mm -hmm. and or microbes, how those same microbes could um, create new material, a new bioplastic um, by breaking down other plastic so yeah because I always think about that when the bacteria is eating the plastic mm -hmm. what's their waste look yeah like? it's a, usually so there's a, so there's already a couple companies that take their waste and they print them into um, these long chain polymers mm. um, I can actually show you before you leave well, okay. won't help everybody on the podcast but I can show you before you leave a, <laughs> yeah. a, 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 a couple samples we did where we fed bacteria um, you feed bacteria like corn waste mm -hmm. it's not the same thing as breaking down plastic and creating right. but it's they you feed them like corn agriculture waste in this case it was corn and their waste is basically this long chain polymer that you can 3d print into basically plastic oh yeah. wow I'll show, I'll show it to you before you leave. cool that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah it's really great that you guys are using all of the science mm -hmm. that you're gathering for so many different applications yes. yeah. I love that um, and then so yeah just to kind of round it all out and mm -hmm. you said it kind of started to when you were pregnant yes um, how has this all, like, how did that play into it when you were pregnant? And since you've become a mother, how has what you've mm -hmm. been learning, you know, you mentioned yeah. you don't need the flu vaccine, for example, yeah. like, how have you... Oh, I didn't say that. Well, like, or like, not the... Don't oh, no, 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 sorry, no, no, not no. need it. What I said like, was you don't need to take antibiotics when you have the flu. Antibiotics, yes. I 100% believe <laughs> under most conditions that the flu vaccine is not a bad idea. No, no, sorry, yeah. That's no, not. I just want to be super clear because <laughs> vaccine people re-judge me all the time and, and yes. No, not yes. the... Yeah, no. You I don't need antibiotics for, uh, for the flu. Right. <laughs> so how has, like, all of what you've learned kind of impacted mm -hmm. your... Your as a mother, your experience. Oh man, I mean, it's a it. There's an interesting dance, right? It's not. It's like being a mother mm -hmm. impacts what I do here, mm -hmm. um, what we're creating, and what we're creating impacts me as a mother. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say it's like unidirectional, right? Um, 
I think you know one of the I think one of the most meaningful things that and particularly like returning to like science too after like you know kind of loving it in school and then mm-hmm. um, really focusing more on tech most of my career and like storytelling and then coming back to it it's been like um, realizing like how beautiful the idea is like I think moms are naturally scientists and I only say that meaning that they like scour for information mm-hmm. already like there's yeah. a day you go four hours deep on like a product you found on Amazon or and I think so I think in some ways it, I've been really empowered to just feel that like I can use that scouring time I can be very smart about it and I feel like there's an opportunity to be more equipped with asking the right questions mm-hmm. and realizing how much knowledge if you know even just a little bit of how to read it is already out there right um, but also having it's a it really fine-tunes my bullshit radar mm-hmm. um, I would say the only thing if you really if you I would say the areas where I, I could probably work on being maybe a little bit more politically correct mm-hmm. and or diplomatic although I have a very very small tolerance for it is when I get pitched companies that are selling healthier things for kids with sugar um, vitamins that are the first ingredient is raw cane sugar any of any of this stuff mm-hmm. around the idea that you are going to feed a child something that that's where like I'm I might ears perk up and I become like very 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 vigilant mm-hmm. um, and I think in a lot of ways I think it, it that's just a result of kind of what I was saying at the beginning which is I think it's just like it, when you have a new lens and you can just at least learn enough to read a scientific publication yeah. or at least know enough to learn enough to read the abstract have somebody in your life and or a way to like forward the abstract or ask your pediatrician about it or some resource mm-hmm. where you can at least say should I be thinking about this? Is this something that could be applicable for my child? You know, and, and I think yeah. in some ways, um, and, and also just like questioning, like lab- I think it just makes you a great label hacker. Um, it makes you a great decision maker. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to like weigh um, the lesser of two evils yeah. or looking at um, looking at either a menu or uh, decisions of um, other health decisions mm-hmm. and just being able to feel that you can make best educated decision it's not always look it's not always the right one there's human body is very complex mm-hmm. um, there's a lot we still don't know mm-hmm. uh, but I think and of course in very dire situations what I'm saying of course has all kinds of nuance to it mm-hmm. um, but I think for the most part it just makes you feel like a very empowered decision maker yeah <laughs> yeah which in today you can't know everything but yeah you can feel empowered in how you go get the information and then synthesize it into a very well educated decision that's that is the thing that I care the most about, which I think, you know, and look, people, people are always like, oh, I don't have the time to do that. And I, you know, it's, that this all just comes back to like this bigger societal, it's probably another podcast about our priorities, but right. um, if you looked at how much time people spend on Instagram, I guarantee you they have time to spend a little bit of yeah. time in making decisions, better decisions for their bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. This uh, one woman that I interviewed for the podcast, she has an Instagram account called Just Ingredients uh-huh. and she analyzes the labels mm-hmm. and she educates yes. people. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. She just makes it very easy yes. to digest. Yes. And I love that. Making yes. it easier. I love that and just more accessible for people to make better decisions yeah um and also also making things not as scary right mm-hmm. like the other thing that i i also bothers me is fear-mongering mm-hmm. so like gluten is a great example um i mean i like as much as i'd like to believe it's the devil the truth is if you don't have celiac and you're not gluten 
sensitive, which by the way, in science and physiology is kind of like a, in the clinical world, gets a lot of eye rolls, the idea itself. Although, of course, if you don't feel good, you don't, you don't feel good. Right. Um, like, there's not really much necessarily wrong with it, mm-hmm. right? if it doesn't bother you. Right. And so, you know, there's like lots of cultures that exist on, um, uh, you know, diets that do have, um, you know, a lot of a lot of gluten or glutinous mm-hmm. um, substances. And so, I, you know, I, I think it's just, I think it also is a great, not just like uncovering the bad stuff that you're not being told, but also really questioning when you're being told something is bad and finding out if it is. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, recent, like lectins or, you know, I think doc- Dr. Gundry recently, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, while they, if they have specific sensitivities, absolutely should avoid them. Right. 100% and particularly if they irritate you. I, I'm never an advocate against, why like, feel bad? Yeah, why would you want to feel bad? <laughs> but the idea that, like, all tomatoes are the devil right. is, again, like, it's just, it's it's a lot of this stuff, you know, and, and using ideas from biology, like, oh, well, they they develop skins, um, you know, to to ward off predators and that's why the you know I mean look every single thing in nature has some sort of protective mechanism mm-hmm. so the idea that you can cherry pick like a very few kinds of vegetables and then kind of use that story it's kind of the same thing of like the idea that like oh we should eat soil based organisms because we don't eat food from the ground anymore and therefore we're not getting you know all these things have beautiful they're very good marketing narratives mm-hmm. but um I mean, yeah thank you so much but they're not um necessarily scientifically sound yeah. and so I think that's just where like um you know I think Italians have been okay eating tomatoes you yeah know? it's like you know bread. it's like you know and bread you know it's like it's so you know so I think a lot of these things are, are more just about um yeah I mean just bo- both bullshit radar mm-hmm. but also just being attuned to the nuance and being able to put it through the filter of what also feels right for you yeah absolutely. um which just because something worked for everybody doesn't mean it works for you yeah um which is okay but it doesn't mean that the science is wrong and so that's like a, that's the other thing right which is like right now we just have confirmation bias which is like people look at things and they now science is becoming seen as an opinion mm-hmm Thank the current administration for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's dangerous, right? Because it doesn't mean like just because something didn't work for you or that you didn't experience the specific quote unquote working, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that all the science is wrong. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm not myopic. It doesn't mean the science is always perfect either. I'm just saying that like we have to be a little careful about mm-hmm. like not... Um, there's a little bit of a narrative in like the more Eastern, like as we look to more like Eastern modalities mm-hmm. where like we're doing what we kind of did to yoga, um, which is like we've Westernized it. Mm-hmm. So we're Westernizing some of these Eastern ideas and then just assuming that all Western medicine or any advancements in Western medicine is like big pharma mm-hmm. and science. And so therefore it must be terrible. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just caution that there's like um, really thoughtful ways of kind of digging through everything to kind yeah. of get to what, um, at least you believe is the most truthful. Yeah. Without dismissing like entire fields <laughs> yeah. of like really important work that's probably gonna move humanity forward in some in some way. Yeah, but at the same time people also maybe choose not to believe it because they just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's, but like but, it's easier to just kinda keep going. Yeah, but if you're you asked me in the card the this 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 part started when you asked me what I learned as a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to be that what you just said is, I think, one of the single worst things you can do as yeah. a parent, right? Which is that if you teach your child that you suffer, if you suffer from confirmation bias, which is that you simply look out in the world only looking for the data that supports your worldview mm-hmm. or what you want to believe. First of all, it's not exactly the way I'd like to live spiritually anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That 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 is that and that is by the way I believe how we've gotten here, um, both politically and health-wise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that's a really dangerous. I think we owe it to our children to maintain an open mind. It's okay to have thought that like a specific the DTaP vaccine caused autism, and then to kind of review the literature and the science, and then say, you know what, actually like. Um, now I understand something new about vaccines, and um, I'm going to revise my thinking. Mm -hmm. um, like that, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, there's nothing, you know. And so I think like we just, but that's not the way like society is built right now. And so it's a, it's a hard one. But it's something if you ask me, as a mom, it's like if you could just approach the world and your child's health mm -hmm. and the decisions you make with the least amount of confirmation bias. Yeah. It doesn't mean throw your gut instinct out. It doesn't it just means put it all in a blender mm -hmm. and really like suss out like how much you're like skewing an idea or an input from somebody um or something you read um because it's what you want to believe. Right, right. You know? Yeah, well, this has been super interesting, <laughs> a lot to digest about all of this. Um, but I just wanted to ask you the three final questions yes. I ask everyone. Mm -hmm. Um the first one is what words or mantra do you like to live by? I can tell you one thing, one comes from a pin that my mom gave me just before she died, which says she didn't always follow the recipe. Mm, I like that. <laughs> um, the second is our brand mantra, which is mm -hmm. like an, a thing that we use at Seed, which is inquire within, which is just this notion of like inquiry mm -hmm. and how important that is. Um, and I would say the third is that it's usually not about you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one to remember, especially I think as a mom. I've probably heard my mom say that to me a million times yeah. growing up. Um, and then, you know, we all know the saying, it takes a village to raise mm -hmm. kids. So what do you most value in your community helping you raise your son? Um, I'll be so super honest. <laughs> I don't have a village okay. to help. Um, I have a nanny. Mm -hmm. She's incredible. Um, my without my mom here and like yeah, we don't really. We and my husband were laughing uh, a couple of weeks ago because we got really stuck with childcare and we didn't know what to do for like a week. Mm -hmm. And our nanny was away, and it was um, yeah. The, I, I would say that's one thing that does not feel present in my life is like a village. Okay. Paid help, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not a village. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how old's your son? Four. Four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is he in school yet? Yep. Okay. Preschool. Nice. Yeah. Yes. It's that's something that I've been thinking a lot about mm -hmm. before I have kids is who is gonna be yes. in my It's community. not that I don't have wonderful humans in my life, yeah. but the ones that could really help or don't live here. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, that happens mm -hmm. <laughs> these days, especially everyone's moving yes. around. Um, and then lastly, what qualities do you most admire that you're hoping to instill in your son or maybe you've already seen him kind of act in oh, a certain it's way? super easy. It's yeah. just, it's like unabashed curiosity. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. <laughs> and something you clearly have had your whole life. And I, and I see awesome. in him and like in the most beautiful ways, like, um, yeah, rediscovering the world through a child's eyes mm -hmm. is probably, like, one of the most extraordinary parts of parenting. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much, oh, Ara. So this was awesome. Thank so you excited so much. to share this podcast, and I've loved taking the symbiotic. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's wonderful. Great. wonderful. I'm on the second month, so. Oh, great. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and share it with a friend. Check out the podcast notes for the links we mentioned in our conversation and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for listening.